Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Jamie to kneel before me before I speak, so that's a new thing we've implemented here. And for those of you that are visiting, if you didn't know, you might have been wondering, that was a mom and two of her daughters and a daughter-in-law, and uh, what a great thing to see family ministering together like that. This morning, life lessons about labor. Life lessons about labor. It's something that takes up a large portion of our lives. And a lot of people, it's a large portion of their lives that they get wrong. And that comes with the accompanying anxiety and frustration or anger. That's why it's important for us to look to God's Word. God's Word can give us all sorts of instruction about our work, our labor, how we're to approach it, how we're not to approach it, how we should think of it, cautions and exhortations. We're going to just scratch the surface this morning. We're just going to look at one book of the Bible, the book of Proverbs. And each place in which the word labor appears, we're taking those this morning, and we're going to look at the principle that it's teaching. Because I want you to get it right, how you approach labor, how you think of it. Let's begin with a couple quotes. One person says, some people hate to do it. Some love to do it. Some go to great lengths to avoid doing it. Some do it too much. And all of those I have seen acted out in this congregation through the years. It goes on to say, while there are many different attitudes toward work, one thing remains constant. Work must be done. Since the Garden of Eden, everyone has worked or depended on someone else's work for their survival. Think about that. Isn't that true? I mean, you got to work or you're going to depend upon somebody else's work. And if everybody quits working, we quit surviving. It's that simple. That's how essential work is. Work sets a person's lifestyle. Where you live, when you sleep and eat, the time with your family, even your dress. Work is a big part of our lives. You, you think about it. In fact, I was looking it up. I got curious how much of our lives is spent in actual work, you know, the, the work where we earn a living. And the best estimate I've seen is one-third. Now, when you consider a third of your life maybe sleeping and a third just feeding and doing stuff, that's a big portion of your life. And it's very important that that not be an area that we get wrong. And the best way to know how to get it right is to go to God's Word. I'm thankful to God that I grew up in a home with a, with a great work ethic. Uh, both my, my mom and my dad worked. Um, in fact, it, it's amazing. I, my mom graduated from LSU and, and became a, a public school teacher for years down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And my dad put her through college. In fact, I was old enough, I went to my mom's college graduation. That was kind of a neat thing to do. And and then she worked outside the home to provide for her family. And my dad, 
He, 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 he started off working for Gulf State Utilities, which was a power plant. It had the big generators. He was an operator at the plant producing electricity for South Louisiana. And then uh, transitioned uh, a little later than midlife and became, uh, his, his, he did a lot of carpentry work. So he started working for the city of Baton Rouge. He was a building inspector. He wasn't one of those guys that goes out to the site to inspect, but you brought your plans to him, and he was the guy that approved the plans. And, you know, among some construction people, uh, some inspectors are not held in high regard, but I am thankful every construction person I ever met, every builder, when they saw my name, they would ask, are you related to Joe McMorris down at the permit office? I said, that's my dad. And I never heard a bad word. Dad, you know, he was a builder. He knew the ins and outs. He knew the frustrations. He tried to uh, treat people right. And they always had a high regard for him. But my dad was hardworking because in addition to those two jobs, part-time, he would go out and try to make a living or add to it to provide, you know, shoes for his kids by being a builder. And he would take on remodeling jobs and sometimes he would build houses from scratch. And, you know, my dad gave, if I have a good work ethic, and I I think I do, you know, I, I would attribute it, humanly speaking, to him. And it's one of the best things he gave me was a work ethic. I am so grateful for that. Work is important. But a lot of people have misconceptions about work, and if you have a misconception about work, that's going to create problems, you know, short-term and long-term problems. So how should we think about work? Let's go to God's Word, and let's look at God's Word, and let's get a biblical perspective, the only accurate perspective in this room about work and how we ought to think about it, are those in this room that know their Bible and have a biblical perspective. You are at an advantage over those who don't know that the Bible even talks about work, much less what it says. Let's look at it. Let's kind of lay the foundation. We need to understand, first of all, that work is ordained by God. And this is important to understand. The Bible declares that God himself worked. Now that's significant, especially for people who think that work is a curse and you should do everything in your power to get out of it. Don't we know people that will do everything in their power to avoid work? Their whole, they, they work harder at not working than they do at working. They've got a wrong perspective. And one of the things you need to understand is the Bible declares that God himself worked. Genesis 2, 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. So again, work is not inherently bad. Because work is something that God did, and when we work... We resemble God. In fact, most people, I think, would understand that work is good. Well, even some unsaved people, many unsaved people would probably say, yeah, work is better than laziness. How do you come to that conclusion? It's very simple. They don't understand it because they don't have a spiritual mindset. But those of us that have a spiritual mindset understand why work is inherently good. Because it resembles God's nature. And anything that resembles God's nature in this world is good, whether the people recognize God or not. 
But because God worked, that means that God is good and that work is good. But number two, we see that the Bible declares that work was ordained before the fall, before sin entered into the equation. You know, a lot of people believe that work is a result of the curse. Now, when God created the heavens and the earth, when he created Adam and Eve, everything was perfect. But Adam and Eve sinned. And ever since then, God has declared a curse on this earth. And things now, we have troubles, we have problems, we have trials, we have all sorts of issues as a result of living in a sin-cursed world. And some people think that because the world is cursed, that's where work came from. It's part of the curse. Now, to be sure, work may have been made more difficult by the curse, but work is not a result of the curse because work predates the curse. In Genesis 2.15, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Both dress and keep imply work. Just do a word study on those two words, and the idea is involving, it implies that there was work that God gave to man before the curse. And it's a good thing, again, because go back to point number one. Work resembles the nature of God because God worked. In fact, the Bible goes even further when it comes to work or labor. In 2 Thessalonians 3.10, the Bible goes so far to declare that anyone who can work must work. It's it's an imperative. To pride yourself in getting out of work, to pride yourself in being lazy, which sadly some people do today, is just to show your ignorance of God's word. 2 Thessalonians 3.10, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work... Neither should he eat. That's a Bible command, that we work. And work is good because it resembles God's nature, a God who himself, the Bible says, worked. I like this quote. Think about this quote. This is a thought-provoking quote. You and I were designed by God to work. Work is not a curse that we must endure. It is the way we experience purpose, meaning, and joy. It's what we were created to do, work and produce. So if we are going to be like like God, like Christ, like the Bible says we're to be, then we're going to be like him in the sense he worked, and we should work as well. It is noble. But because more and more people today do not have a biblical understanding, a scriptural understanding of work, Many people hurt themselves, they hurt our economy by trying to get out of it or minimize it or do as little as they can. So that's why on this Labor Day, this this Sunday morning, it's important for us to learn some life lessons about labor because you can be wrong about labor. Like I said, some people think it's a curse. Some people think it's something to be avoided. Some people think it's optional. Some people think that you can do it, but it only can be on your terms Some people think that it's beneath them. Some people think that, you know, it's not necessary. In fact, you can circumvent it. You can take shortcuts by winning the lottery or going gambling. And those are thoughts and ideas that a lot of people truly believe they're convinced of. But that that kind of thinking is going to be problematic. 
That kind of thinking is going to create all sorts of problems. So the good news this morning is the Bible gives us life lessons about labor. And and it gives us a perspective that we can go, oh, I never thought about that before. Now I have a different view about what I'm going to get up and go do tomorrow morning. Not only do I have a different view of what I'm going to get up and do this week, but I have a better understanding of why I'm doing it. And I have a better understanding of what I'm to do with that and what I'm not to do with that. And that can eliminate so much frustration from your life. So many mistakes from your life. So this morning, let's look for a few minutes in the book of Proverbs. I think there are five verses there that specifically speak about labor. And again, the Bible has a whole lot more to say about it, but time only permits us to look at these. Number one. What do we learn? What do you need to understand? What do you need to guide your life this morning from the book of Proverbs about labor? You need to understand that labor can be used to produce both good or bad. When you go to work this week, you're going to earn a wage. And that's going to be the benefit of you working. But you can use that wage for good or bad. Now, how are you going to use it? Let me give you an example. One man can work, can get his paycheck, support his family, good. Support his church, good. Support missions, good. That that is a man where it says, the labor of the righteous tendeth to life. A righteous man sees his work in a different light than the unrighteous man or the wicked man. You need to make sure this morning that you're thinking as a righteous man thinks. That your labor is going to tend to life. It's going to be positive. It's going to be good. It's going to be used to benefit such as providing for your family, meeting your needs, uh, uh, helping those that are poor, supporting missions, and supporting ministry. But not everybody thinks that way. Another man can work, same job, same location, same paycheck, and the family never see the results of his labor. And he's blowing it on drugs, alcohol, Gambling, pornography, or what have you. That person is going to live such an unfulfilled, frustrating life. And it's all related to labor. It's all related to work and the benefit of that work. I like this quote. This man, talking about in this verse, the wicked man, lives to eat and drink. And, the, and his property he spends in riot and excess. God's blessings, the fruit of his labor, are cursed to him. And we all know of people that take their paycheck and they live for Friday. And they live for the bar room. And they live for the dance hall. And they live for the casino. And they will be some of the most miserable, unhappy people you will ever meet in your life. And it all goes back to the work. Listen, learn something this morning. Particularly, you're here, you're saved, you're born again. The labor 
of the righteous because you, you, you're able to discern. You're not walking in darkness anymore. You've gotten saved, so you're not going to go to the casino. You're, 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 you're not going to play the lottery. You, you, are, you understand that the resources that God has given to you as a righteous person is to be used for life. For things that are wholesome. For things that are good. For things that are productive. Make sure the money you earn goes towards those things that are good and beneficial to your family and to others. You say, well, that's a given. There's a whole lot of people out there. That isn't a given. They think they can take their money. I earned it. I'll spend it any way I want. That's the way a lost person walking in darkness would think. I'll grant you that. And that's just very sad. And I would ask those people, how's it working for you? And I guarantee you, there's an emptiness and a hollowness in their soul. Number two, the Bible teaches us in the book of Proverbs, wealth obtained without labor is easily lost, whereas wealth obtained by labor tends to grow. That's an important principle. Proverbs 13.11 teaches that wealth gotten by vanity, which it would mean means other than work, you know, just some windfall comes your way, or you did play the lottery, and yeah, you won, or you went gambling, and you won a hundred bucks, or whatever. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. The Bible has a lot to say about labor. Talking about it here in Proverbs chapter 13. Wealth gotten by vanity means other than work is going to be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. A simple illustration, I think, would be the idea of just give a child $10 and watch it burn a hole through his pocket. You know, can't wait to get to the store. I want this, 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 and it's gone. And that evening he's looking at it and he says, well, I don't like this anymore. And, well, you, you know, you, you, you just blew it. But typically... You have a child work for that $10, earn that $10. And if you notice, they're a little more careful as to how they spend it. Not, not in every case, I'll grant you that. But I think as a general rule, you give somebody something, they're, they're easy to blow through it. But somebody works for it, wait a minute, this has some value. I, I know what this $10 bill is worth. I had to pay for this $10 bill. I had to give something to get this $10 bill. And again, Proverbs 13, 11 says, Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. And you get this windfall. You know, just maybe an inheritance. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you did play the lottery and you, you got some money. Maybe, maybe you did, you know, go to the casino and, and you won something. It's going to be diminished. I I like this quote. All fortunes acquired by speculation, lucky hits, and ministering to the pride or luxury of others soon become dissipated. They are not gotten in the way of providence and have not God's blessings, and therefore are not permanent. The lesson to learn this morning, when you... You know, I would hope none of you are playing the lottery. I would hope none of you are are gambling. But maybe 
rich, rich Uncle Earl in, in Minnesota passed away and left you $50 million. I'll be preaching on tithing the, the, next, <laughs> the next week. But sometimes, you know, it's not uncommon to get maybe a little something in the mail. You know, if you overpaid this or you overpaid that or, you know, or maybe somebody just gifts you, you, you something. In those situations, we just need to be cautious. We, we need to be careful. Be cautious about impulse and unwise spending when you do receive, even in a good way. And you, you can be blessed in, in a good way. You receive a, a sudden and, and, and unexpected funds or uh, unexpected gift. But again, wealth obtained without labor is easily lost. Whereas wealth obtained by labor tends to grow. Number three, there's a third time that labor is mentioned in the book of Proverbs, and that's found in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 23. And this is such an important point. God rewards labor and punishes laziness. God rewards labor and punishes laziness. In all labor, there is profit. But the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury or poverty. In other words, there are people that work and they are profited by their work. And then there's other people, they're all talk. There are, oh, there's a reason why I can't do this. There's a reason why I can't do that. Uh, I'm waiting for my ship to come in. The ship never is going to come in. And that just leads to poverty. What that verse is teaching us is that those who work diligently are the ones that are rewarded, are the ones that are promoted. That's just a principle, an undeniable principle of life. You go to work and you work hard and you show up and you're enthusiastic and you don't gossip and you learn and you come early and you're willing to stay late. That's the person that's going to get promoted. That's the person that's going to be valued. But those who only talk, well, there's a reason why I didn't get here on time. There's a reason why I got to leave earlier. There's a reason why, you know, this didn't get done. It's just talk, 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 excuse after excuse. Listen, here's an undeniable principle of life. If you are lazy, you're going to be poor. It's, It's just that simple. If you are lazy, you are going to be poor. I I like this quote, without hard work, nothing grows but weeds. Just go look at the garden, and where someone has put hard... Down the highway here, between here and Fairview, is a beautiful flower garden. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you're going south, it's on the left side of the road. You know what I'm talking about? And, I mean, just a gorgeous flower garden. And I, I notice it, I appreciate it. And earlier this spring, there was a moving van in front of that house. And obviously, whoever was in the house was moving. And whoever moved in has not been tending the garden. Right? Am I right, Sharon? I hope those folks aren't here this Well, I do hope they're here, but now I hope they're not here. <laughs> anyway, but, but this garden isn't tended this summer. And it's, very, it's, it's almost sad because the garden, just passing by, I'm sure I pass it every day, coming in, every day. And it has not been tended this summer because obviously the people that moved in, you know, it's just not important to them. Uh, 
And again, it, it makes this point, without hard work, nothing grows but weeds. And that garden is being overcome by weeds. So the lesson is take pride in your work ethic and avoid laziness at all costs. Just take pride in your work ethic. I don't mean a pride that goes to your head, but the, the right kind of pride, where it matters to you that you're there on time. You're there early, and you stay late if necessary, and you don't grouse about it. And you'll do the dirty task. And you'll work hard. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're getting paid $10 an hour or $20 an hour. It's the job you signed up for and you're going to give it your best. Amen. Very important to understand that. Number four. Another principle from God's word about labor. Because I want you to get it right. I don't want you to see labor as a burden. And I don't want you to use the fruit of the labor for things you shouldn't be using it for. Life is too short for you to get this one-third of your life wrong. So number four, a person who desires ease and rest and refuses to work threatens his future and his family. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-five: the desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to, there's the word, we're doing the word study on labor, refuse to labor. The desire of the slothful man, slothful means lazy man, killeth him. For his hands refuse to labor. So the point is a person who desires ease and rest and refuses to work threatens his future and his family. Listen, the future is always dim for those who refuse to work. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about those who can't. That's a whole different subject. You know, we're not talking about people who can't work. Don't, don't go out of here feeling guilty if you can't work. You can't do what you used to do. This isn't addressing you. This is talking about people of of an able body and an able mind who are just lazy. The future is always them. And families suffer terribly when the breadwinners don't win bread. And that's what this verse is teaching us. The desire of the slothful killeth him. It it, it kills his future. And not not him physically, but it kills his future. It, it, It kills moving forward. It can kill relationships when everybody else in the family knows that you're just a a lazy rascal. And it it creates conflict with with others in your family. It just kills all these various aspects of life. When you desire things, but you're not willing to do what is necessary to acquire those things. I like this quote. Hard work spotlights the character of people. Some turn up their sleeves. Some turn up their noses. And some don't turn up at all. How many business, I love talking to businessmen. I love business people. I, I really do. They're, they're hardworking, they're dedicated, they're, they're, they're committed, they're organized, they, they pursue excellence, and I love spending time with them. Uh, the guy that, li- that has the place next to me, when he comes up, he, he's a businessman. And, and to a person, one of their greatest frustrations with business is just employees who don't get it. Days when they just don't show up. Don't even bother to call in. I can't imagine. Don't, don't call in. Don't let anybody know what's going on. And then grouse the whole time they are there. Or they spend most of their day creatively trying to figure out not to do what they're supposed to do. And that's, that's a real problem there. And, and that, that's what we're talking about here. So the lesson is don't wish for things in life. Work for things in life. Big difference among how many people think today. 
And then lastly, number five. From the book of Proverbs, we find one more mention of the word labor, and it's found in Proverbs 23, 4. And it teaches that it's a mistake when the accumulation of wealth is the sole purpose behind work. There are some people who work, work diligently, and work hard. But the Bible cautions that that in and of itself is not right if you are doing it for the wrong reason. The Bible does encourage uh, industry and hard work and dedication. But the motive behind it is critically important in the Christian world, in the biblical world. In fact, it says it very clearly. Labor not to be rich. Now, it's not a curse on being rich. It's not a curse on being blessed. There's nothing wrong with God. you working hard and God blessing you with, with, with wealth and abundance. You, I don't want you to go. If God's blessed you, I don't want you to go out of here feeling guilty unless that is your end all and be all. If that's what life is all about for you, that's number one. Accumulating wealth and the toys that wealth can buy you. If that is number one in your life, you're missing something very important. However, if you have worked and toiled hard and God has just blessed you, don't feel guilty about that. I mean, you, you work because... You, you know, you, you're a principled individual. You, you, you have character, and it's important. You, you want to be on time. You are on time. You work hard. You give it your best, and God has blessed you. That's fine. But you see those things and that wealth as a blessing of God to be used for his honor and glory. You have not accumulated it just for the sake of accumulating it. You realize you are a steward. And God has blessed you. And yes, enjoy it. But you also see it as more than just enjoyment. You see it as a wonderful blessing from God that you can use this to be a blessing at the church. You can use it to be a blessing to good Christians that might be going through some tough times. Uh, For missionaries, uh, special projects that honor the Lord. Whatever it might be. But the Bible says very clear, labor not to be rich. That means that's your sole purpose in working so hard and doing what you're doing. You're not even thinking about God. Christians that do that are making a serious mistake. Laboring to be rich is the wrong focus. And laboring to be rich can bring unintended unintended consequences. I like this quote. This is a great quote. Since our work is meant to reflect God's glory... We need to recognize this as the proper motivation for our labors. Our work is a sacred act of worship. Remember, it all starts with God because God worked. It is a daily opportunity to share God's goodness. If we are motivated by greed, pride, or a desire to become powerful in man's world, we fail to achieve our life's purpose, and you will not know peace and joy miserly people, greedy people, are the most miserable people on the face of the earth. You would think, well, if anybody ought to be happy, you know, they got, you know, $500,000 in their checking account. But check it out. And see how many of those people who leave God out of the equation completely are miserable people. 
a focus on monetary riches is to miss the true riches in life. If you focus simply on monetary riches, if that obsesses you, then you are missing on the true riches of life. So what have we learned this morning? Number one, labor can be used to produce both good and bad. Folks, make sure you're not using what God has given you for anything bad, anything questionable. Look for opportunities for it to produce life. Number two, we learned this morning, wealth obtained without labor is easily lost, whereas wealth obtained by labor tends to grow. Don't look for the easy way of life. And, and when you are blessed, if you, if you happen to be blessed, some unexpected day, you know, some money shows up uh, for you, you know, make sure that you're very cautious about the temptation to blow it. Make sure that you're looking to God for guidance how to use it. Number three, we understand this morning God rewards labor and punishes laziness. He punishes laziness. That's why lazy people have such hard lives. They're being punished. I mean, that's the re- you, you don't want to go to work? You can't show up on time? You leave early? You steal from your employer? You know, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a reason why your lifestyle is as harsh and hard as it is. Number four, a person who desires ease and rest and refuses to work threatens his future and his family. You know, it killeth. It it kills relationships, it it kills the future, it kills dreams, it kills so many things. Number five, it's a mistake when the accumulation of wealth is the sole purpose behind work. Be careful, there's a temptation to do that. Two final quotes, we're done. You and I were designed by God to work. Work is not a curse that we must endure. It is the way we experience purpose, meaning, and joy. It's what we were created to do, work and produce. God created human beings in his own image, and part of being in his image means that we are workers, like God himself. That's where that innate inner drive for work comes from. Work is a part of God's nature. For those of you that are mature Christians and you're, you're growing in the Lord and, and you appreciate work and, and, and when, you, when you do work, you, you really want to get it right. I mean, not everybody's a sluggard. I talk about people who don't show up for work, don't call in, leave early, steal from their employers. That's not describing this congregation. Those of you in this congregation, and in this congregation are some of the hardest working people I know. They, they wouldn't think. It never even enters their mind to steal from their employer. And, and, and they would rather crawl in sick than call in sick. That's the nature of the people I'm, I know in this room. There, there are people in this room that would never even think about lying and saying, I'm sick and I'm going to miss today when really they're just going hunting or fishing. The, the people in this room are, 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 are the the salt of the earth, and be blessed with this thought. That desire in you to be there a little early, that commitment you have of giving it your best and feeling bad when it didn't turn out exactly like you wanted it to, that willingness to stay late when everybody else can't wait to get out of there, that's God's nature in you. 
That explains to a great degree the difference between you and the lost employees and how they think. And they look on you with disdain. They, they, they can't figure you out. Why, why are you coming in early? You're making us look bad. Why are you staying late? You're making us look bad. And with you, it's, it's, you've never been able to explain it before, but that's God's nature. That's how he operates. That is his work ethic. That is his character reflected in you as a born-again Christian. And you need to thank God for it. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.